You're listening to the Built Shapes Podcast, presented by Midco Sports Network. This November, I'm thankful, as we all are, not only for family, friends, the great country that we live in, the miracle that is cranberry sauce, but for Midco Sports Network's coverage, specifically of North Dakota athletics. we got live hockey and basketball coming your way from now through March, plus North Dakota Hockey Central on Friday nights, and the binge-worthy UND football web series day-by-day on Midco SN's YouTube channel. Lots to be thankful for. That is Midco Sports Network. This is how we do sports. This is the Bill Shapes Podcast. Yes, yes. Bill Shapes Podcast coming your way here on a Monday morning, November the 19th, episode 16, along with North Dakota Director of Athletics, Bill Shapes, producer David Folsky. I'm Alex Seinert. <laughs> Cranberry sauce, is that on point, Bill, or not so much? A little, I, little left field? I thought it was a... Uh a great opening uh, introduction it was awesome. <laughs> I, I actually am looking more forward to the introductions at this stage of the game of the pod uh, because they keep, I don't know, you keep ramping your game up, which I do like. You got to hook the people. You got to hook the people right in the then, first 20 right seconds. Then. No, I'm not a Cranberry uh, fan. That's why oh, that's, I was chuckling. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. That and uh, I guess sweet potatoes, not a big not sweet potato. Okay. No, no, like mashed potatoes. But not sweet Haven't potatoes. Haven't made that transition to, the, How about to you? the orange. Um I do like I'm I'm late to the sweet potato party. I, that's only been a really? recent thing that I've started to enjoy. We never had it growing up. We always were mashed potatoes, you know, turkey. Everything was pretty pretty standard in our house growing up. Uh, only recently have the sweet potatoes hmm. become part of the rotation. And I'm I'm happy they are. They're delicious. What's the what stuffing? This is kind of B side. I know we're going to yeah. get to the A side, but stuffing. I, I like traditional stuff. I don't like like raisins in there and oh, all sure. this other stuff. That, I mean, yeah. uh, help me with the stuffing. I would prefer, yeah, just kind of the basic crouton. Yes. Just, just the simple, the, the, the breading type the, stuffing. Yes, yes. I'm not a dressing. I'm a, I'm a stuffing. Now I'm with okay. you there. Gotcha. That's, that's, we'll maybe discuss more of the, our Thanksgiving favorites coming up later in the podcast yes. today because there are a lot of things to get to that are A side topics, yep. big topics this weekend after a, a, a big week for UNDS. Athletics. Um, unfortunately, in a lot of those situations, you would be coming on the, the wrong end of some difficult results. Uh, you know, weeks like this, Bill, they're going to happen with, with any particular program. It's unfortunate they happen to a couple of teams trying to fight for their postseason lives. Yeah, and let me apologize for my my voice. I was struggling last week, and uh, we'll we'll crank it through the pod. No no worries. But you know, I agree. Uh, you know, you get into this uh, field, and you know, I think there's two things that you get in it for it is the opportunity to work with student athletes in higher education and, 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 and figure out who our next leaders are uh, literally, uh, you know, as we go forward and that that's one aspect of it. And then the secondary aspect is the, the competition side of life. And, you know, sometimes you're going to have great weekends and sometimes you're going to have really tough weekends. And, and a lot of times you're going to lot in the middle and yeah. we had a tough weekend. I, I don't know what else to say. It was a massive week ahead uh, as we looked back last Monday or Tuesday, a lot of opportunity. And, you know, I think you're going to have a number of programs right now scratching their head right now, trying to figure out how to get things, you know, back on track. If you're say a winter sport, if you will, or, um, you know, what it looks like moving forward as you head into next year and you head into the off season. Yeah. One of those teams that is in off season play. Now the volleyball team, uh, when that was kind of the first domino that fell this weekend yep. out in Denver, some of the quarterfinals again, good for them to make it to the tournament after having such a tough season with so many injuries and players that just, just couldn't quite go hundred percent because of illness, all those types of things. 
They got their shot at Purdue-Fort Wayne, played them close, but fell in three in the Summer League quarterfinals. Tough way to go out to finish the season on that note. Yeah, you know, I thought, you know, much like I did last week, I thought it was important for the team to be there. Yeah. I thought there was a, uh, you know, there's no substitute for tournament experience, even if it's a conference tournament. You're there. Um, a lot of our, our younger players, first-year players, experience that. It as we all know, and in, in not that they don't know, they know, but but the, you still have to go through it. It's just a you, different mindset, right? Different focus. You can see teams that, you know, you're all in one setting. That's different. It just, other teams are watching you. I mean, there's just, there's a different uh, vibe to it. And so I thought that was important. And yeah, obviously you're hoping that, you know, we uh, could have, you know, won a match and I thought we had a shot going in and uh, Fort Wayne did a good job, but interesting how the tournament ended as well. Yeah, um, I, a bit of a surprise. And I think the, the, there were surprises sort of sprinkled in. North Dakota State, the sixth seed, able to pull off an upset over Omaha on day one of the tournament after UND had, had gotten knocked out. And then two days later on, on Sunday, Denver, who had only lost one match the entirety of the season, was perfect through Summit League play, four-time defending tournament champs, five-time in a row they've won the Summit League regular season. They lose in five to South Dakota. And again, a very good USD team. And you were saying before the pod, a USD team you really have a lot of respect for and liked this season. But that was still a bit of a surprise to see DU fall on their home court. Yeah, I thought both those teams, uh, at least my eyes told me, those were the two best teams. And it kind of uh, played itself out through the regular season in the tournament. And then they play. And that's the reason why you play the game, right? I mean, you just uh, amazing. And so now it'll be interesting to see whether or not Denver can pull yeah. out an at-large. I think we were pre-pod, right? We were looking at the date. I think it's next Sunday. Yep, correct. Yep. We'll find out. So not, not uh, you know, well, this upcoming week, right? Yep. So a week yep. from post, yesterday. Post Black Friday Sunday. Yes, yes. the 25th and, and so of we'll November. Find, yep. It'll be interesting to see whether or not the Summit can get two teams in. Yeah, and I think if they were, if they were ever going to have a year where they were a multi bid league, when you look at a team that has again one defeat that was to a Power Five school that ran the table in their conference that has been there done that, you'd think the committee would have to take a strong strong look at what Denver's done, and then you see that they lose to the number two seed in their conference who also had a very good season in South Dakota. I mean, if you're ever going to get to this, would be the year you would. This get is to. the year you're going to get it, and I would say this is you know, they, they have the historical piece yeah. on their side as well. So it's not as if someone kind of ran the table this year for the first time. Mm -hmm. So the committee is quite familiar with Denver. So it'll be fascinating. And, you know, what we found out in, in watching the selection show yesterday with the FCS selection show is each year's its own. Yeah. So who knows what the at-large bucket's going to look like right. for uh, for volleyball. So knock on wood, hopefully we can get two teams in. That would be a feather in the Summit's cap. If you are a Summit League fan as a whole, you want that. You want to see an extra team get in. You also, by the way, if you're a Denver fan, I'm like, all, all those Denver fans that love the Bill Chaves podcast out there, if you're listening to this, obviously this is a case where you want now all the favorites in these other conferences to win. You do not want any more upsets because that's where you get this situation where you have teams that should be in the tournament that then become at-large teams instead of automatic qualifiers. And this is what happened to UND last year in the NCAA hockey tournament. Yep. They wanted the favorites to win, and unfortunately for them, favorites did not. A lot of upsets happened. So teams that should have gotten the automatic berth then get at-large berths instead because they had the good enough resume. And 
Anyway, long story short, we'll find that on Sunday, whether or not the Summit League is going to have two bids or not to the NCAA Volleyball Tournament. We know the Big Sky got four bids to the FCS tournament this year. We know the Valley got three. We know that the Colonial got six, a record six bids into the field of 24, and probably worth it because it was a tough weekend uh, for UND football, one of those bids that probably would have gone UND's way had they gotten the win over Northern Arizona. It, it doesn't transpire that way. They fall 31-16 to 16 down in Flagstaff. Um, Bill, just kind of talk me through what, what, what did you see, what kind of happened in that contest that led to a, a disappointing way to finish the season for Ruppert Schweiger's crew? Yeah, got off to a really tough uh, start. And <clears throat> I think the way NAU was playing, it, the one thing that you didn't want to do was breathe life into them and, and go down 17 nothing. And I think, you know, we, uh, you know, the, the start is exactly what you didn't want to have happen. And, you know, we fought back and uh, made it a one, one possession game. Yeah. And, and, and really then you were kind of in the middle of that um, sort of seesaw that, that whoever scored next kind of felt like was probably going to seize momentum, much like the Idaho State game. Yeah. And, uh, and unfortunately, in both games, we were not the team that, that, that scored next. And, uh, you know, we kind of find ourselves on the outside looking in. And the way it looked uh, to me yesterday, the committee, you know, put major value on seven Division One wins. And, you know, going into the game, I kind of figured this, that you've got kind of the seven-win bucket and you got the six-win bucket. Don't know if you necessarily need to go to the six-win bucket if you only go there if you have to go there. Mm -hmm. And I think the way things kind of un, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, well, moved forward. The way they transpired. Yeah, the way they transpired. They had to go to the six-win bucket three times. And, we, you know, we were in the six-win bucket. We were, and we had a shout. We were one of the first We were in out. the six-win yeah. bucket. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, but it's never good losing two of your last three, actually three of your last four. And, and you know, and again, n n no harm losing to the number two overall seed. Right. By five points. At close and game. so yeah. I'll kind of say, but two, uh, you had to win two of your last three, yeah. not lose two of your last three. Yeah. Um, in the end, like you said, there were a couple key moments in that game. You know, UND cut it to 17-13. It kind of felt like maybe they had gotten momentum back, but some drives just stalled at bad times and you had to settle for field goals. And obviously give Brady Leach a ton of credit, had his best game with you know a couple of long field goals that he made to sort of keep it close. But the inability to get into the end zone um, and obviously one interception return for a touchdown, that ends up kind of deciding the contest. And it went from being a, a close game, a one-score game, which it was really over the yep. course of the second quarter and really through the third until the middle of the fourth. Just couldn't quite find that drive. Zero first downs in the fourth quarter, and it just wasn't in the end, just not enough to try and get over the hump. And so, as he said, six and five, Seven and four clearly would have gotten the job done when you look at how things sort of played out yesterday. Six and five, obviously not good enough in this situation for UND. And now it's back to, unfortunately, back to the drawing board a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you regroup and, um, you know, we evaluate and we have to kind of figure out how we can get to the next step because obviously the opportunity was right there in front of us. And unfortunately, we just, we couldn't knock the door down, so to speak. And so, uh, you know, we will... Uh, We'll evaluate that and, um, and, you know, expectations. I know of our, certainly of our fans and, uh, and, and many people surrounding UND is, uh, you know, to, to get into the bracket, to get into the field, that gives you a chance. And you can't do it necessarily every year. I mean, there's certain programs that, that you know, they, they've done a great job. I mean, New Hampshire missed their 
first playoffs in 14 years, but they had a 14-year streak. And, you know, obviously uh, other teams have had, you know, pretty good streaks. But, you know, even being at Eastern, there was a few years where you didn't make it. And uh, because things happen during the year. But at the end of the day, you know, I know that was a a sour taste in our mouth for sure. Uh, You know, knowing that it was sitting there in front of us and we just couldn't get it done. Yeah, tough, tough deal there. Again, and you talk about football and volleyball, both football graduating 15 seniors, volleyball with, with three leaving now. Again, both, I think, groups in those classes, I think, did a lot for this university, did a lot for those individual programs. Both of those groups won conference championships. Both tasted the postseason, you know, did a lot of firsts, I think, for their programs. But again, you, you always... It's what happens last that kind of sticks with you, and you yeah. know those kids obviously will have a bit of a, you know, a tough way to finish, but still nothing to be ashamed of. A lot of pride they should take for the work that they've done over their four or five years yeah. here with their respective programs. No, that's very fair, Alex. I, you know, you always are saddened to to see the seniors depart because you've been, uh, you know, connected with them for four or five years. But if you really think about it. You know, if we just use, let's use round numbers, 10 years, a decade, um, you know, those two sports have been uh, in, in the world that they're living right now in Division One. You know, these these seniors have been there half the time yeah. and, and, you know, kind of on the back half. Right. But but still kind of growing in this in, in this world. But what I what I appreciate from a, a number of folks that is that we just have high, high expectations. I mean, we want the standard to be a certain level. And, uh, you know, I, I think if you were to talk to Coach Pryor right now, he probably would say, you know, the, the standard is, yeah, get into the Summit League, but, but make some noise. I mean, that's, that's one. And I think, uh, you know, Coach Schweigert would say the same. You know, when, when opportunities are, are in front of you, you know, you got to seize them. And, uh, and so, so on both ends, uh, you know, kind of disappointing the way, you know, it ends for them because it's always disappointing for seniors. I mean, it's always tough. There's always a it's, – it's never, right, until you, unless you hoist a trophy. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's you're always – Your season's not going to typically end on a win. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, that's pretty much what ends up happening. And so, uh, but we appreciate all that the seniors have brought to us and uh, and what they've done for their careers. I do want to ask you, Bill, about the playoff bracket, because you look at the field of 24, what the election committee decided on Sunday. Uh, You mentioned pre-pod, a lot of pre-pod conversation today. You mentioned that you thought they did a a pretty good job, kind of defend defend that decision. You know, I've gotten to a point where a couple things, get the right teams in the field. Mm start there once that happens then there's principles that the committee has to adhere to some of it has to do with uh mileage uh within uh you know programs that geographic proximity to be there i'm not saying that that necessarily is right we can have that argument in debate at another time but the committee those are the parameters that's put under the committee so the one thing the committee has to do only thing the committee has to do in my mind is get the right 24 teams in and 10 of them are already selected for them right so really it's 14 that that's what they're that's really what their job is everything else you can talk about bracketing and you can talk about a lot of different things i'll give you a couple of things you don't have to beat everybody in the bracket <laughs> it's, you don't have that's to win true. 23 games that's true you don't have to win. you have to win one game a week and if you're lucky enough to be one of the top eight seeds you don't have to win the first week that's right and so i wouldn't get too caught up in the bracket and everyone can kind of look ahead and, and surmise what might happen i'm telling you that not may what happen. it may not be what happens it typically so, doesn't play out the way you think so you it's good for fodder today yeah. to some degree but i think that's all it is i think you just have to you know if you're lucky enough to be in the field 
you just then have to figure out what you have to do to kind of advance, right? Do the Jim Valvano thing. There you go, exactly. It was a unique year because like we talked about earlier, you know, six win teams typically don't make it. I think there'd only been two in the last handful of seasons. Like it just, it, you got to pretty much have to get to seven. But this year, because of the way things played out, there weren't that many seven win teams that were considered worthy enough to make that field of 24 outside of the ones they had selected. And the, we see three six win teams, including a six and four incarnate word team, a six and five Elon team that's kind of gone on a dip here lately since their quarterback's been injured. And then a six and five Northern Iowa team that I think people were really surprised to get in over an Indiana State team that was seven and four, but with only six Division One wins. That's exactly right. You're exactly right. So there were some sevens that were seven Division Ones. Mm -hmm. Then there were some sevens that had a, a non-D1, which then put them in the six bucket. And <clears throat> then you had to kind of just figure out from A to B to C to D who who's that you know who they liked better from a resume standpoint. And so. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, you play a tough schedule. Um, y you know, it just seemed like there were probably more uh, more in the middle this year, so to speak. Yeah. More between the 40s or the 35s, if you will, as opposed to the 45s. And so I think that's what happened. And, you know, the committee, once you had to go into that six-win bucket, you know, they were going to pull teams out and figure it all out. And, um, you know, I thought that, it's tough because you can always look through your lens and say, these are the reasons why X or Y or Z should happen. But I'll go all the way back. I think the committee's very first thing to do is pick who they feel the 14 best teams that did not win automatics are. The bracket then becomes the bracket. Yeah. The bracket is a bit unique. And we're not going to talk about this at length because we've already established that it shouldn't really matter. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, it, that's it, does, it does matter, but that's, yeah. yeah. Um, it is a bit unique, I think, when you, at first glance, when you see three big sky seeds, but they're all on the right side of the bracket. You know, you see kind of the way it's sort of been North Dakota State and South Dakota State potentially would meet up on the left side of the bracket before things all kind of play out. You know, there are um, some people who would say, wouldn't it be wise to perhaps break up some of that a little bit so you sort of don't have kind of a mini conference, especially I think from a big sky standpoint when you know you're going to have potentially UC Davis and Eastern Washington meeting then in the quarters and with what Weber State if things play out then meeting the winner of that in the semis. But of course, other teams could rise up and all these teams could get beat in the second round and it might be a mute point. But do you think is there some of that though where they don't want to see an all big sky or an all valley or an all colonial championship game. So they kind of put those teams all on one side. We saw this a couple of years ago when everybody from the Valley was on the left side of the bracket, essentially to eliminate the possibility of a North Dakota state versus Illinois state matchup like they had in 2015. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I think that part of if, if the committee, if, if it was a possibility that they could seed 16 teams, yeah. I think that would be the best way of going about it that way. You know, you can kind of figure it out. And, and I, I always kind of been a proponent that if you're going to play in this upcoming week, um, it would be great that if you've earned it throughout the year, as opposed to going to a bid. Now, you have to, right. you know, minimally be responsible for a certain amount of dollars. Sure. But I, I kind of always felt like if you've really earned it, if I'm really number nine and I was knocking on the door to be eight and then I have to go on the road, yeah. it that doesn't seem right to me. 
And uh, that might be one way of handling it. So there's that balance between the proximity point that you've mentioned where you're trying to get teams that play regionalization, mm -hmm. et cetera, so you're not traveling all across the country for these first round games, but then also through the monetary standpoint of like, are you going to be able to put up enough money to make, you know, to guarantee that there are going to be enough seats in the house so you host? Because that's basically why they don't seed it out to 16, correct? It's, it's those two things in general. It gives you more flexibility as a committee. Would that be accurate? Based on the principles that the committee are under right now. And so I think the less parameters that you have, the more flexibility you have to kind of figure out the bracket. But I would go, you know, the two things that I would do is, is right away if I was, I guess, FCS bracket king for a day, is go to 16 teams seated, start there, and I would get off this upcoming weekend. I would not play a game this weekend. I, I, I just think it's incredibly difficult on two sides teams coming off a tough long year i think everyone heading into this thing called the 2014 field should have a week off get a break mm. get a week off it's always hard during thanksgiving week anyways for your staff right. if you're hosting a game sure. and you're trying to turn this thing around you just found out yesterday yeah. at 11 30 that you're hosting a game now you're preparing for it mm -hmm. but it but now you're activating it and it's just hard and, and it's you've got that thanksgiving week i think if we could start it next week and have the semis between Christmas and New Year's, I think that's the way to do it. But I am in the minority. Trust me. <laughs> I am in the minority. So I'd flip that. So now if you did take this week off, then would you still have a 2014 field to give your top eight seeds a bye? Because then they've got two weeks between games. I know bowl games, these teams have like six weeks between their last that's regular right. season game and whatever. But but is that is there any concern about those things? No. The, yeah. Well, I would say two things. And, and again, I can be – so here's my wise guy come out. Let me give my wise guy okay. comment. If you really want to be one, if you don't want the two weeks, we can work you into the first week if you want to. Okay, so that's that's that, that's my go. wise guy response. Fair enough. Yep. Okay, but <laughs> assuming that they wouldn't want to do that, mm -hmm. I think two things: we are heading towards finals, and truly, True. this type of year, if you ever had two weeks off right now, and I'm a student right now, and I'm heading towards there, what now? We're telling us. All of our kids get a chance to have at least one week off. And then all of a sudden, you know what? Now all of a sudden, they get to focus in, dial into their academics a little bit, take their finals. And for a lot of these kids, you know what? Maybe they get recharged a little sure, bit. Sure, sure. And I don't know. It's such a it's such a physical game yeah. that I don't think you can ever have enough time at, in, 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 as far as time off. Sure. You know, so I that's the way I would do it. Now, I think the, the other side of it is folks have indicated to me that they don't think having the game between Christmas and New Year's is wise for the semifinal round. And I've said, well, I, 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 mean, I will say this. Most communities, I think, if you're on a deep run, I think will rally yeah, I think so to, to go to that game. Mm -hmm. Now, it also could get lost in the bowl shuffle world. And, and, and so that's another argument to it. Okay, got it. But I, I, I'm not worried about the bowls. I'm worried about this 24-team field and what makes sense, I think, for our student-athletes coming off a long regular season. I think you bring up some good points there. I think, you know, you have to – sometimes I think we get so set in the way that things are and you kind of forget to zoom out and think outside the box and just think about what really is best for the student-athletes for the sake of this tournament try and figure out the best way to crown a national champion. Don't you want to probably see these teams to be as healthy as they can be, as prepared as they can be for these games? Wouldn't an extra week of rest maybe make that 
a possibility, a reality? I think I think you should be czar no, of the I, FCS playoffs for so, a day. So here's the or other, king or whatever, whatever, whatever title. That is. <laughs> Pharaoh, no, whatever other, you want to be, Bill. Others would not want that to happen. <laughs> the, the other thing that I think is, is tricky, too, mm. is you play the semis right now, like basically December 17, 18, 19, something right. like that. And then it feels like you lose some momentum. Right. And then you have... All the bowls happening. You've got Christmas. You have New Year's, and then you. Oh, by the oh, FCS haven't crowned their champion yet. Yeah. Oh yeah, now there's a game going on. It, it just feels like once it goes, it'll go, yeah. and and it will it will continue to have momentum. And so, I don't know. I I, I just I've gotten nowhere with it. <laughs> I've gotten no. I mean, when I say nowhere with it, yeah. I'm talking nowhere with it. Mm. So, um, but. I'm going to keep pounding the, the, the deal because I think that's the right thing for the kids. Yeah. I do believe that. Yeah. I think it's the right thing for the student-athletes. Yeah, I'm glad that someone's advocating for that, at least, Bill. So yeah, you've got – you've you've, you've Well, I don't impression. know if you, you no, like I, it. I agree with you. I think that makes sense. I'm open to anything. I don't think the system right now is great. So I think transitioning to, yeah, having a little more of a gap in between, giving these kids a little more of a chance, having less time between the semis and the championship, I'm all, all that stuff makes a ton of sense to me. I think, I, I just I think, think that makes a lot of sense. So, so, I'm, so my, last, my last talking point on this is you've got 16 of the 24 teams that are going to play this weekend. And I'll say this, it, it will be challenging environments because of the week because of the turnaround. But do you know how many folks have, have said, it, it, uh, just, I, I, I've got a holiday party on that. It's not on my schedule. It's not whatever. Now, if you're, if you're certain programs around the country that have had home games, their fan base gets accustomed to what those dates are. Right. But when you're a newer team into this thing, sometimes they're not accustomed to it. And literally, they're on the road. They're not here. They might have other sports going on. I don't know. I just think we could do... Uh, that uh, it, to me it's very clear but apparently it's not that clear <laughs> the one flaw in your plan that i could see would be if perhaps you've scheduled a game maybe against the big 12 school on december the first and that's the day that your playoffs are going to start like what do you do i mean that's now a a thing <laughs> but you had we're a, poking fun but you had a choice incarnate word you, you of course had a, had a choice of course that's such a bizarre story i mean where they had what are they end up doing are they gonna they're gonna so right now okay so incarnate word if you if you've not paid attention to this incarnate words a team from the southland that um for our listeners out there that only played 10 games so far this season had one opportunity to play i believe another fcs school declined it because iowa state came knocking because iowa state's game against south dakota state got canceled earlier this year because of a lightning issue they scheduled the game for december 1st incarnate word gets a three hundred thousand dollar payday incarnate word is assuming they are not going to make the playoffs so there's no big deal here in this our season will be over etc incredibly this program which has not been very good for a long long time all of a sudden has a really good season they finished six and four they get a berth into the FCS playoffs. They're playing at Montana State, team we're familiar with, coming up this weekend. And they've got this looming game now against Iowa State coming the following week, which would be the second round, of course, of the FCS playoffs. They've kept that game on the schedule, sort of thinking that, well, if we lose, eh, we can go play this game against Iowa State. If we win, then we'll just call it off the week after. That apparently is where it stands right now, is that the game is still on the schedule and Iowa State's cool with saying, yeah, sure, whatever. If if you win, yeah, we'll just take it off. If you lose, sure, come up to Ames and we'll play you. It's bizarre. So, I, so Iowa, yeah. <clears throat> Iowa State, I think there was a point where cer certainly as an FBS program, you're looking to play an FCS school because it counts towards yep. bowl eligibility. For sure. I don't think that's an issue for them at this point in time. 
because I, they've had a pretty I good year. I don't believe so. Yeah, they've, they've had been, a pretty yeah. good year. So they're probably in the same boat right now. Eh, yeah. If we play, you play. If we don't, we, we don't. We get a tune-up game before a it's bowl okay. game. Great. If we don't. If not, know. we're going to go to a bowl game. And the bowl game's probably not going to change regardless if we win this point. game or not. Mm-hmm. It, that is bizarre. It's a weird spot. It's a weird spot to be. It, it, it <laughs> is. Um, yes, that is odd. Yeah. Probably not. Uh, not Again, not to step onto. And we're kind of poking fun at Incarnate Word, who, again, is just trying to look out for themselves and the program no, they, and the bottom they, line and all they the things did what there. they had to do yeah got to you know trying to find another game great opportunity go play you know play the cyclones etc but probably not a move that that you would probably make as an athletic director to schedule a regular season game when your postseason potentially could be going on i'm assuming that would be kind of outside the framework of, of a bill shaves i don't model. think i i don't think i would have done that but i don't <laughs> i never ever um i never know what others have in their world mm-hmm. and so I never worry about the decisions others yeah. make because I don't know all the parameters around it. So um, here, I would say it would it would I would never say never because that that would be too. I'm not going to go 100 to zero. Sure, but you know, things could weirdly who knows two games could get postponed sure. over a year. You never know, sure. right? That's true. I mean, the way yeah. life has gone right now, and then you got the fires going yep. on. I mean, that used to be. It, it's just been a weird year that way. Yeah. And so you saw Cal Stanford, right, for the fir- first time since the Kennedy assassination that mm-hmm. that game got postponed. So, you know, postponed, but they're going to play it. Sure, yeah. So anyways, all that to be said, um, like I said, I, I think I think the committee does the, the best job they can with the parameters that they have. And so, you know, unless the parameters change, that's the bracket is what it is. There we go. Good, good, good way to tie that up. Thanks for, thanks for tying that up well. Not a problem. <laughs> Uh, switching gears from football now to hockey. And again, kind of a tough weekend. In North tough Dakota weekend. comes in, played really well for the opening two periods on Friday against Western Michigan. And then really the next four heavily slanted toward the Broncos. And, and UND finds themselves swept at home for the first time since January 2017. Doesn't happen very often. Had never happened with Western Michigan in town. You know, it's one of those, we, what, what, what do you say about a really tough weekend like that? You respond. Hmm. You get back to work today. And you figure out a way to respond. That's it. I mean, you know, you, you know, you, you can talk about a hot goalie. You can talk about a lot of different things. But, you know what? That team came in, beat us, and uh, tip of the cap. And we've got to get better. I mean, that's it. I mean, I, you know, I, I know our guys will will get back to work today. And I know we've had a couple guys out. I mean, but other teams have as well. And so um, I've got faith in coach Barry and the staff that they're going to get after it today. And, uh, that's the only word I can come up with is you're going to have to find a way to respond. Yeah. The hockey team now directly at 500 been kind of one of those seasons of runs, tough start to the season. First, the first three game arc didn't get a win. Then all of a sudden five in a row and everything's kind of cruising and they're winning games and beating ranked teams. And it felt like things had kind of fallen into place. And then, like you said, you know, Nick Jones, who's a very important player for this team gets hurt. Ludwig Hoff's out of the lineup. They just have a couple things sort of go against them, and now all of a sudden they've lost three in a row again, and you're kind of back, not where you started, but back to 500 essentially. Uh, and now a chance to reset, really, is kind of, like you said, the only thing they can do. And now back into non-conference play against an Anchorage team that has not been playing very well this season, but it almost makes these games even more important because you can't lose to this team who's only got one win on the year and is 58th right now in the well, pairwise. Well, <clears throat> what's funny, um, Alex, is – 
you know, getting back into the hockey world, so to speak, and having been sort of in the football world for so long, yeah. it, it reminds me, hockey's so different than even hoops in some ways. It, it feels like almost a football weekend. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's like six periods, you know, stacked within a 24-hour period, and you're practicing all week for those six periods. And when things don't go well, it is a tough grind from Saturday night till you hit the ice again. And it's kind of like a a football week where, you know, you you found a way to to maybe not get it done where you felt like you had a shot. It'd be one thing if a team comes in, gets it done, and, you know, you've got to just regroup and go. But, you know, I, I think a lot of it is in within the the Ralph right now to, to, to get things going. And, uh, you know, I trust our guys will. And it's part of the reason why you, you play the season and you're going to have adversity. And let's get and see how you respond to adversity. Yeah, We had our weekly time with Brad Derry this morning uh, with our Midco SN crew just doing interviews and kind of talking through what, what happened this weekend. And you got the sense from him that, they obviously are going to look at what happened, and they already have. Obviously, the coaching staff has gone through the film, and you address some different things with your team as a whole. And he kind of mentioned that, you know, when they couldn't get that goal on Friday, you started to see just a little bit of frustration mixed in with a little bit of like, hey, I need to kind of take the game over. I need to do a little bit more. And you want guys to want to do more to try and pull the team ahead. But in a sport like hockey, you have to all be on the same page really all the time or else things break down against good teams. And that's kind of what happened. Different guys started to try and do a little bit too much, and then they give up a goal, and then you try and even do a little bit more to get that back, but not doing so collectively, and then another goal goes in, and then pretty soon it's 6-2. to two and, Yeah, and what's the, what was the adage, I think, that what Bill Belichick made of it? Just do your job, do your right? Job. Do yeah. your job, and you can't go do someone else's job. And, you know, I think, I think it was probably – from a place of trying to jumpstart the team and get yeah. it going, but good know, place, good place to be, but, but it's just tough. And, yeah. and, you know, and you, uh, being a, uh, a big soccer fan, I, you know, a first goal right now is, it seems to be monumental for this team to some level. And, you know, if we can get the first one in a game, you know, maybe it just kind of eases the pressure a little bit. And so uh, and when you're, you know, not scoring, I mean, we're, you're getting shots for sure. And other, you know, the goalie's playing pretty well against us. But, um, you know, I have a, these guys, these guys will respond. You know, they, they, they're going to get back at it. They're going to grind at it. And hopefully we get a couple guys back at some point. Yeah. And away we go. Yeah, that's the hope. Certainly. A lot of season left. No, for sure. I think that's part of it too. I think mid-November, uh, I was at the grocery store yesterday and uh, overheard the conversation. Because everybody loves, I mean, talking sports sure. in this town, obviously. And the conversation was a little bit about the football game. And, you know, you hear, like, ah, yeah, too bad, tough one. And then the hockey, the guy was like, ah, I thought I thought they were really good this year. What happened? You know, I, and then, but the guy who was talking was like, they'll be fine. It's November. So at least some people are keeping that level ahead and know that there is a long season ahead and that this is going to be okay. And this is a good group of guys that are working really hard. But we've got to get, we've gotta get, <clears throat> we've gotta get better. And we've got uh, some some pretty dang good teams in this league, uh, and so so we've got to find kind of find our way again. Yeah. And uh, and because when we play well, we are you know we can we can grind some folks. And uh, but but you know I, I trust the coaches are going to uh, figure some things out, and away we go. Alaska Anchorage Friday night at seven thirty, yep. Saturday at seven. The Subway Holiday Classic, which is always fun, but that mm-hmm. way the last three years you and these hosted over Thanksgiving weekends. So enjoy your turkey on Thursday. Have a little Black Friday shopping, whatever, whatever you do, and then come to the rink on on Friday. If you can't make it, of course, again, those games will be live on Midcoast Sports Network. Um, Men's hoops. Talk about another big kind of big week for them. 
big game on the road against Kentucky, got tested against one of the best teams in the country, hung with them for a little bit, and then you saw just sort of the overwhelming power of mm-hmm. UK kind of take over in the end. They bounced back though with a nice win on Saturday over again, a lower division team, but still won by 54 points over Minnesota Morris. Just the golfing class between the opponents that UND has been playing so far this year. Other than Milwaukee, it's just been sort of tough to get a read, really, on what this team is going to be like this season. Well, I met with Coach Jones this morning, and he said, you know, he's just working so many new faces into the lineup, so it just continues. Uh, You know, in some ways, honestly, Alex, I know you're challenging yourself, but then you're coming back and playing some some teams where you feel like if you play well enough, you should win the game. And so I think it gives him a chance to figure out rotations and do all that stuff. So, you know, getting home games, as we said, you know, from a scheduling standpoint last uh, on last week's pod is really hard. And so but when you do play these non D ones for us right now, it maybe continues to give us a chance to kind of figure out where is this team going? What are the rotations? How do you get from because right now we got about 12 guys that can play yeah. you know how do you get when when it gets push comes to shove and now you're down to a five minute game yeah. five minute game and you're down two or whatever what's, what's your those rotations what's, what's your crunch, your crunch time, time? that's right yeah well another chance sort of against a lower level team again Concordia from Seward Nebraska comes up on Tuesday at seven o'clock home yep. game get a chance to see this team in action uh, the women, by the way, also coming off a uh, another road trip, Illinois State. Uh, clo- close game that they just didn't make the shots down the stretch and ended up losing by 12. Uh, but still, bright future for Travis Brewster's crew with, with that group. They get to go on the road at Penn State. A good test for them. Again, this this road November month continues. Uh, 1 o'clock start on Wednesday. Um, Coach Brew, by the way, was at uh, the fan luncheon on Friday in crutches. Poor guy's going through just back stuff that just keeps bugging him, and he's kind of been a little banged up lately. Well, he's going to have a little outpatient on Friday, and I think he's going to be in better shape. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, just backs are tough. I mean, yeah. and, uh, you know, so knock on wood, I think that the crutches are at least just helping him support right now at this stage of the game. So, uh, so knock on wood, hopefully that goes well. You're right. Uh, head to Penn State perennial uh you know really good program in women's basketball so uh yeah illinois state we just we fell behind early and then just the game actually was kind of a even affair after we fell down by 10 Mm -hmm. and we just couldn't i think we got it to three yeah cut it to three three or five was something like that but um we just just got off to a really slow start and so i met with brew this morning and uh that was it and we just got to get a little bit more uh, rhythm early. And, uh, you know, that's what happens in November, you know, trying to figure out, you know, what this team's going to be. Yeah, Penn State, you mentioned, a kind of a perennial team that, that plays well in the Big Ten. They were 500 last year, but they still made the W1IC. And, yep. uh, you know, it's a <laughs> going to Happy Valley, playing a school like that, a good opportunity again for UND to test themselves against a, a program that is bigger, quote-unquote, than yep. you are. Um, and, and, again, like I said, this road trip is going to be good for this team in the long run to see how they can gel together with all these miles logged a kind of across from coast to coast. Another chance to do so this week on Thanksgiving Eve. Well, then they're going to go back east again next week. They do. And it doesn't go, stop. Yeah, yeah, but play Rhode Island and Massachusetts. <laughs> so, And that one will be an interesting one because it will be a back-to-backer. Yeah. So uh, uh, not too far from Kingston to Amherst, so not a bad uh, drive. But that will certainly challenge them in a different way, for sure. A little more of a parallel, too, to what they'll be seeing in the Summit League when you go on the road for those back-to-backs. So that's what's coming up. Anything else going on in the world of UND Athletics, Bill? Anything else you want to touch on? I think that's enough. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, just a lot, you know, and uh, appreciate everybody's support. Hopefully we'll see see you out tomorrow at the Betty, uh, which tomorrow will be today, (laughs) and then uh, then Friday and Saturday. Yes, sir. Good. 
uh, flipping over to the B side quickly. It's a busy day, so we don't want to take up too much time. But uh, I do want to start with this. You're Pittsburgh Steelers. What a comeback yesterday against the Jacksonville Jaguars in a game in which they, uh, they did not look great for about 50 minutes of that contest or so, but found a way to get the job done in the end. You know, you know what it was? <clears throat> and it's just the truth. When you settle for threes keep the other team in it that's right and jacksonville really should have been up 20 i mean in the first half pittsburgh was not good i was going to use another word but they were not good um and and but jacksonville was good yeah so that was the other thing and so uh they, I don't know, they hung in there they, they hung in they hung in and they found a way uh and that's sometimes what you have to do and uh, right down to the end sixth straight win now for the steelers they get the w on a ben roethlisberger one yard kind of a option pass thing that he just decided to barrel into the end zone. It felt like it was in slow motion. It really did. <laughs> ben Wasn't is it? not Ben is Ben is elusive, I'm in air quotes, but is not like is not fast or quick or anything like that at this point. He's in his lost career. a step. <laughs> it early when he first came into the league probably about <clears throat> 20 pounds ago, but mm. he uh he was a little bit – he could go a little bit, but, boy, yeah. now it's just – it's like he's got to get going. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't know if he was ever going to get to that goal line. I kind of fully expected when they showed the replay from the side angle that I was like, I don't, I don't know if he actually got in, if his knee was going to be down, but obviously he had stretched the ball across the plane. He is in year 14, I think, right, 2004 draft class? It's crazy. He and Eli and Phil Rivers Isn't all still crazy? going strong. Yeah, it's wild. That's wild stuff. Um, I do want to mention in that game – before that play, because again, there's like six, 16 seconds left, I think, whatever, and they had gotten down to the one-yard line on a long pass to Antonio Brown after James Conner had dropped a sure touchdown pass seconds before. They keep, they keep throwing the ball, and I think they had a timeout, I believe, in their back pocket. And I just remember back to my experience with this, with them playing New England last year, and they throw the near touchdown that it gets reversed, and then Ben throws a pick on the next play. And you go back to, obviously, like the Seahawks and that Super Bowl against New England – why wouldn't you just run the ball? You've got a 6'6", 250-pound quarterback. Just sneak it in. Why are you trying to throw? I, I just, I just was, I, I felt for you in that moment because he throws the pick and gets called back because there was a face mask penalty. But just run the ball, right? I know. The, and it was definitely a face mask. You know, there's it, no it doubt. Was. I mean, so, so that was the right call. I, you know, they made a great read with Connor. I mean, and he just drops the ball, yeah. right? And so that 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 was not good. But then, but that right, was earlier. I mean, that, I was, that was when they were on the thirty. But then, or so. right from then, it was like it felt like that the management of the clock was not great. Was not great. Now, having said that, juxtapose that with me watching uh, just earlier on my son being a Carolina fan yes. and watching them go for two and it didn't feel great i wasn't even i didn't even care about the game right it just it didn't feel great you know and then it didn't feel great how hard he threw the ball yeah, no, and he actually was wide open yeah. i mean actually so i mean technically it should have been a, a conversion but it didn't feel great. Yeah. Riverboat Ron likes to roll the dice a little bit. Ron Rivera. It's a 21-20 game on the road in Detroit. You score. There was maybe a minute minute and change left. And, yeah, it was an odd decision. A 3-6 and six Detroit team that you're better than. Just, yeah, wouldn't you want to just tie it and, and take it to OT and just beat them? Just, just beat the team because you know you're better? I don't know. Lots of interesting choices. We obviously are 19- not coaches. There are a lot of, there's a lot of pressure involved in that. You finished that thought. 1994. This is the truth. 
Steelers lost at home to the Chargers, who the Chargers then went on to place the 49ers and get absolutely Shalom. housed. Totally Shalom. housed. And the Steelers would have been a better matchup because they just had more weapons or yeah. whatever. That's but like Neil O'Donnell's your quarterback at that point. You know, it's... Three yard line. <laughs> Coulda, shoulda, woulda, right? Yeah. Field goals, that's a problem. Yeah. I mean, all that stuff. But same thing, end of the game, and it was like, had to score a touchdown. And the way it, the play was, there was no real options to it. It was like, you either made the play or it was over. Yeah. And it just felt like with Cam, wouldn't you like, I don't know, if I'm a defender, I'm like, the last thing I want to not know is, is he going to roll, right. run it, or throw it? Mm-hmm. And it seems like he sat, just sat in the pocket, even though, again, it was a good play because if he throws it, I guess, to McCaffrey, yeah. he's open, but not how hard he threw it. Yeah. Not good. Not good. Not good there. Um, good. Well, good for your Steelers. Not, not good for the Panthers. Steelers now 7-2-1. and one. Again, it's been a weird year, but it's fine. Got to feel pretty good about how that I team's looking. Yeah. Yeah, from, you never know. Even though they didn't look great yesterday, nope. still got the win. So found, congr- a, found a way. Congratulations Thanks. on that. Didn't have to worry about Spurs this weekend because we're on international break. So, but a big game coming up: Spurs Chelsea this yep. Saturday at wherever at Wembley, I suppose, Wembley. Is where they're playing because yep. there is no White Hart Lane anymore. Uh, this is three versus four. This is this is the top of the table. This is a big six pointer, as you would say. And then sadly. Of course, England had to play yesterday, and it yeah. felt like the entire Spurs team was playing again. So, again, we, again, we get no break. We no, get no yeah. break. None. Zero. <laughs> Big win over Croatia. Harry Kane scored That's at right. the end. Yep. Uh-huh. Great. Uh-huh. But, of course, he had to play. Yep, of course he did. You know, so yeah. Dyer's out there. Deli Alley's out there. My head's going to explode. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how that's going to work. So they'll be fresh. They'll be real fresh. We'll see. Coming in we'll for see. this game against Chelsea. So that'll be, you know, just something to, to uh, look forward to this weekend so That's right. big big top four clash coming up in the EPL and then last I know we're, we're almost uh, yeah we, we have things to do what is your favorite part about Thanksgiving Bill Chaves it's coming up Thursday big day are you, are you a big Thanksgiving guy or is this kind of one of those holidays because it's in the midst of all these sports and everything that you just don't get a chance to maybe enjoy it as much as maybe the common man would you know what I I love Thanksgiving. I, I think it heads into the holiday season. It kind of yeah. kicks it off. I think it's great. There's a lot of great college football games around this weekend. I, you know, knock on wood, if you're ever lucky enough uh, to be in the FCS playoffs, there's just a lot of things that, that are happening at that point in time. But, yeah, I think spending the day with your family, that's what it's all about. How yeah. about you? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm a big, big Thanksgiving, big Thanksgiving fan. No, it's, it's the best. I just, um, I mean, Christmas is obviously very special, and there are lots of holidays that, that really do matter, but Thanksgiving's right up there. There's just something about the smell, that, the memories that come along with walking into your, your kitchen or your living room, and you can see the, the tur- you know, in the distance, the it's turkey neat. is sitting there, and you just, I, I don't know, there's just something special about that. Well, and the other thing is, too, it, it, the leftovers are great. That's so, true, so, it just, so that yeah, continues. The so, so, so it's like a, a holiday that keeps on giving. Oh, it is the gift for sure. It is. It just on keeps on giving. 100%. So I'm with you there. Um, what's your go-to Thanksgiving dish? What, what do you really enjoy most about the Thanksgiving meal? You know what? I, you, you just, I'm traditional, right? I love the mashed potatoes and the stuffing and obviously the turkey. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of the, our, our main, we don't, we don't, delve into the ham world or sure. or even the roast beef if some mm-hmm. people do that but now we're, we're pretty traditional yeah nothing out of the box no like special no, pie not or no really. nothing no okay. that's all right Ch- are very very uh yeah i mean uh, wow we are really between the 49s <laughs> i mean really we are not i mean boom how about right you um we we're pretty basic too i think growing up my aunt jean god bless aunt jean uh charleston mass uh made this great 
kind of a corn bake casserole thing a couple of years ago. And that has slowly worked its way into the rotation. And the same thing, the sweet potatoes have slowly kind of become a thing with the, uh, my mother-in-law makes an unbelievable sweet potato dish with the marshmallows and all that stuff. All those things have just sort of been added on to what the, the basics of the turkey and the cranberry sauce and the stuffing and the mashed potatoes and all that stuff. And my mom makes unbelievable dinner rolls. Like uh, it's just so fun to sort of have these different now that I'm married, you have these different traditions from different families that kind of blend together. You take a little bit of this and a little bit you of do. that. It's really fun. But yeah, the, the um, uh, yeah, all that. The pie, uh, it's, uh, it's just great. I'm very excited for Thursday. It'll be it'll be great. But uh, <laughs> let me end with this: is that Please do. you know, and, and hopefully everyone in our in our pod listening audience, who knows how many that is, but at the end of the day, I'm sure that deviates from, from week to week, but hopefully everyone has a great, great holiday. And, and again, thank you to the troops for allowing us. Yeah. And, you know, and, and for, for, for those of, you know, uh, those of you who've served uh, to allow us to have a day like this. Yeah. Well said. Lots to be thankful for. Certainly this week. Definitely. Well, big thanks to Bill. Bill, thanks to Dave. I'm Alex Sander. Enjoy Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.